there was a girl on the t- on the treadmill the other day and I had like hardcore intervals and I could tell she was terrified being next to us. And I was like, oh, I'm doing eight minutes on, two minutes off. You can do it with us if you want. She was like, yeah, but you're running at this. And I was like, yeah, but just do whatever pace you want. But oh, yeah. I said, I need the help as much as you. Like I'm struggling, yeah. Oh, um, you know, like you, you, you do meet people all the time. Intervals. Remember that? You went there, I tell you. I, was I in, thought you were going to tell me another fitness, running story. I had, I had two, do you set up two treadmills? No, I was just like, I think it was under, it was 3.45 pace. So I think this girl was like looking at us thinking this kid's on 18 for like eight minutes. Like he was, she was looking at us thinking <laughs> he's, he's like a lunatic. And obviously at that point I wasn't really speaking, but when I got my rest, I started like chatting to her to try and be like, oh, by the way, I'm actually okay. It's just me training. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had to set up one on like a walk speed and one on weird. sprint speed. Why is that weird? I think that's really just. No, because the treadmills, they take ages to come down. Yeah, yeah I get what you mean. So I had to set up and... I was on the walk one, and then this guy walked up, like text on his phone, didn't see that to this, my to was gone. I just seen him like face plant this treadmill and then go flying backwards, and then his water bottle hit the thing and went flying back. So he's there on the deck <laughs> with his water bottle. That is definitely your fault. Mad. I'd say it's like 50 50. Mm-hmm. If you're walking around the gym on your phone so delirious that you can't even see that treadmill running on full, full speed. But I think when a treadmill's going so fast, you can't even tell, it just kind of blurs into one. You are I the would've... first person I've ever heard of doing that, mind. <laughs> like Isn't the it? First. You just, you, you, you do your interval and then you jump to the side with your feet and then you lower it down and you get back on. I'm just going to leave I think, you I think since anyway. that embarrassment, I've changed the my yeah. methodology with sprints now. Yeah, because now. it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But welcome to the podcast, mate. Oh, I know, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah. Long away. Big round of applause for everyone in the studio. Probably our best looking guest so far. We'll dive straight in, mate. Have you been, have you been watching this, this season's Love Island? Um, I get quizzed about it a lot. So right at the start, I watch so you the have first to watch it. three. You don't have to, but like it, it helps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I go on something like this and it's not right, that it's very much Love Island based. I want to yeah. kind of know the crack a little bit. So watch the first three episodes, missed a few, watched a couple extra because there was like big kickoffs, like the Casa Amor thing. I always get asked about every time, so I kind of needed to know. Yeah. And I got interviewed and I didn't actually know some of the names, so I thought I should probably do a little bit of homework. But I kind of just have it on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. We we weren't watching it at first, were we? No, we didn't. We didn't want to actually watch it yeah. this year, and then we we actually got a bit of FOMO. Mm. I just I I find it quite entertaining to watch. I I, I enjoy watching yeah. it. We started watching it, didn't we? And I've, I've I've enjoyed this season. It's not this drama that I wouldn't want in my life. Yeah. But I have enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the the simplest thing in the world that people always ask is it's the time of year. When it comes yeah. to summer, I think summer will always do better just yeah. for the simple fact of people want to look at the bikinis and the swim shorts and be in that mind frame a week before they go on holiday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why the winter one, it could be the best season in the world. It could have the best people on your all-stars, but it'll never do as well as the summer just because of that. It doesn't feel relatable. I mean, I think our series, the half of the reason it did so well, and series four, by the way, not series eight, like because the World Cup was on and you had, you had couples... Yeah. And I'm going to be very stereotypical here. You had couples being like, well, if you're watching the match, we're watching Love Island after. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. And yeah. then your next thing you know, we you've got blokes coming up to us. Yeah, yeah we were. We, yeah. Literally, oh, yeah. Oh, was it the Euros that, that year? It was the Euros, yeah. 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 So like you had a bit of a compromise and I don't think it's ever been matched because of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the first time you were on it. That was the first time, do you, yeah. do you know how busy like each season is? So for example, the first time you went on in comparison to the second time you went on, do you know kind of how viewed those different seasons were or like what the most views were i've been told before but i don't know if this is definitely true someone's gonna go in the comments and like roast us for this but essentially i think our series four which was the one with like me where's jack and yeah. megan barton hansen and that 
and then the Molly May series, I still don't think have been beaten. Yeah. As them two, them two years. And I don't know, it's going to take a lot for them to get back to that. Because, I mean, the Tommy and the Molly thing is absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. the most successful couple ever in terms of relationship and baby, as well as everything else that comes with it. But I think they're going to struggle. Uh, that was the last year for me where there was a little bit of realness still there. Mm-hmm. And I think now they've lost that. And it's not because of Love Island's fault. It's not because of the producer's fault. It's because every male and female that go in there now, right, how can I explain this? If a girl met the love of her life in there, but she knew he wasn't popular, and she also had the option of the guy who was the smart decision, but she maybe doesn't have a real connection with, nowadays she would choose the smart decision because it's better for her career. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, even if that so was the love the of her life. situation. Yeah, the Jesse situation. Yeah. You read into that as well. <laughs> so Will is the smart move. Yeah. And it is like, I would say that. Maybe she is genuine, but what I mean is, Molly May and Tommy, that series, series five, was the last opportunity for me where people didn't know what was coming. Mm-hmm. Now everyone knows in there, if I stay in for four weeks, I've got pretty little thing. If I stay in yeah. there for four weeks, I've got X, Y, and Z. So you're going to potentially take your heart out of it and go with your head, which is not really right, is it? Yeah. But one thing they've done this year, they can't use their socials. So I've been, lo- more so yeah. I've been doing some market research because so, yeah, I'm I interested. Did this as well. At the following is nothing as in nothing compared to what it was for the previous seasons but they've gone into that knowing that nobody can post for them they can't really build their social following so do you think it will change it a little bit in terms of they're probably they're going to get some fame obviously yeah but not to the extent of i think it could benefit them because previous. the engagement will be instantaneous mm-hmm. as soon as they come out people will know to look for them I don't think the following will be as good as what it was like back in the day because like the influx that I got in series four compared to series eight, but maybe it's because I've been on twice. So I don't know how to compare that. Yeah. But what I will say is I think that's just for the mental health and the repercussions of family. It's the worst thing. Nothing phases me. Mm. Like I see comments and like, it'll be my family that could maybe like, did you see that? And I'm like, no, not really. I'm not bothered. And you know that. You are both yeah. in that sort of world of like fitness industry and getting slated. And there's always a dickhead in the comments, isn't there? But my family get affected by it more than me because I'm a bit thick skinned and I'm kind of used to it now. Yeah. I'm on year seven. So I think that's what it is. It's to protect the families. It's to protect all of those. And that kind of like, Love Island have been really good with the mental health. I think they get a really bad rap with some of the things. We got made to do three Zoom calls a day on series eight. There was none of that in series four. Well, she were in there. Yeah, so you have to go on, sorry, two a day. And then you have a a psych specialist. But these Zoom calls are essentially just, you can talk freely with someone who has nothing to do with a villa. It's not going to like, it's not going to have a negative impact on your fame or your your process or your couple or whatever. And you can openly talk with them twice mm-hmm. a day. That was what they implemented in Series 8, which was non-existent in Series 4. So is that one of the major differences between the two? Oh, huge. It yeah. almost got annoying. Like, because you sat there going like, oh, by the way, I'm okay. Still, yeah. I'm okay. Or, but that one person that maybe in the earlier years would feel bad has mm-hmm. actually got a chance to speak to someone. Who was, who was one of the people who left in... Your series? Who was with Paige? Jax. Yeah. 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 Like, but yeah, I so think he, there was a bit of like rumors of like different things of why he would potentially left, wasn't there? <laughs> it's a hard one for me because I think there was definitely something there that he was struggling with. But a lot of people do struggle in yeah. there that they don't that they don't realize. You don't you don't realize simple things like you cannot do 
I mean, put it this way, I was training for rock and putting in a lot of endurance things. Imagine telling you, you can do, I only was getting a thousand steps a day. <laughs> Rover's crazy. Like they thought I was mental and I was like walking around and pacing. I was doing like yeah. three little wads a day. And the producers were like, oh, Adam, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I was just, you've put us in from training from a triathlon. Yeah. And then in this week I'm in a villa and like, I've got nowhere to go. So I didn't so, even think about that. Yeah. So were you training three times a day when you were in there pretty much? I was just doing like little bits, bits just because of, uh, of kind of boredom and stuff. Yeah. Because you're in there a lot. It's a bit boring. Yeah, like quite a lot of the time you spent there sunbathing and just like kind of chatting shit and like making up games. In series four, we made a football out of bin liners and sellotape ones. <laughs> like, it was absolutely crazy and people couldn't believe it. But then in an hour, it looks really dramatic. And yeah, it looks yeah. Like yeah. There's, loads. there's loads of little gap hours where... I'm trying to think. Me and Dr. Alex spent like four hours trying to work out the time from the sun. Really? <laughs> like just stupid stuff like that that well, you, you think you like... Don't, you don't have a phone. You don't have a book. You well, don't do have a phone. Well, oh, not, sorry. We do have a phone, but it's very... It's, um, it's not like it hasn't got anything nah, It's on adapted, it. so you can't send anything out apart from in-house. So you can only text people in the house. Yeah. And I don't even think that works. Every phone's set to a different hour on the time. Oh, really? So like mine would be like... Mine would be midnight. Yours would be 1 a.m. Yours would be 2 a.m. So you never know the time. same time. So you never know the time. That driving nuts, huh? Well, it does, but the, oh, you, so you realize, actually don't know the time. That no, nah, no. Nah. So there's only a few times that I noticed the time, and it's because I either looked at a producer runner's phone and I caught it, or like in series four, the first time I was on, me and Kendall got taken to a date. It was obviously really romantic, lights and dark and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And in the car, it was four a.m. and I was on the way there. Four a.m. Four a.m. Because what happens is they need like perfect lighting for the TV yeah. screens and stuff like that. So I reckon the sleep pattern's pretty much you wake up at one o'clock in the afternoon and you go to bed at four or five in the morning. That's what the sleep pattern is because it's better lighting. What? Wait, you. That's you what wait? they change your sleep pattern to. I reckon it's borderline, and we all work this out. It's about 12, one o'clock, midday, wake up, and it's about four or five a.m., depending on if the night's dramatic or not. Some of them recouplings are like three in the morning. Like they're never You're early. Not tired. Though, you don't realise it's that weird. That is wild to me because I thought it was like up at up at eight o'clock, bedtime at eleven p.m. And when do the best arguments happen between you two? When you're tired, yeah, yeah. at night yeah. or when you're knackered. hungry, yeah, when you're knackered. So it's clever, isn't it? That's great. Well, we we obviously spoke wow, to Miles a couple of weeks ago about Made in Chelsea. He was saying yeah. about like obviously you've got all these hours and hours where footage, so it looks exciting. Yeah. How many little things are like staged or set up? Well, how many? conversations that ask to kind of be paused or have this conversation later or don't speak to this person because Miles was saying, what did he say? It's like scripted reality, which is obviously a little bit different. I guess yeah. to the island, but how many of those things are kind of semi-staged or how many things are set up? Or how many things do so, you feel unnatural? The best way to explain it is I say it's not scripted by any means, but they always put you in the most compromising positions. Mm -hmm. So I remember the big, the most famous argument. I think if you still Google it, it's still me, me and Rosie from series four. Mm -hmm. I walked out of the bedroom. We did a three hour recoupling, recoupled with Zara, who that is probably the, like she was genuine feelings. Like we came out mm -hmm. and we ended up being together for like nearly a year. Yeah, Came back in the bedroom and they've got like all the Ikea, like wardrobes and the, the kind of chest of drawers at the end yeah. of the bed. And they literally just put, cause they're movable. They put Zara on one side, me in the middle and Rosie on the bed. And the beds are like six inches apart. And I just remember turning into the camera because I knew they were listening. I was like, you <laughs> bastards. So you literally are six inches between you, the girl you're with now, 
me and then the girl you were just not with and then she's sleeping in the bed yeah. so it's awkward it's really awkward but that's been manufactured yeah. so there's a little bit of drama so when them night vision cameras are there's always them awkward yeah upright you know bedtime moments that was like the one was it the episode yesterday i don't know if you watched it where obviously casey just had an argument with jesse and jesse started speaking about him and casey was like i can fucking hear what you're saying oh right i don't understand why you would do that because no i don't get that first of all the best microphones are in the bed so like in the bed frame there's always a little microphone so you're always going to get heard yeah there's no pillow like pillow talk unless you're up for it like yeah, yeah. unless you're not bothered and also like even the fire pit and you've got to think in the garden of the big villa that i was in at the fire pit you can still just about hear someone right in the kitchen and that's really? the furthest distance if you were really listening yeah yeah i mean tasha and our year could lip read she was even better you're like speaking oh, yeah, like that yeah, it was yeah. like jose Mourinho doing the tackle yeah well, you got to <laughs> <that one. laughs> so the, the yeah there's loads of things like that but for me there's something that's this casey's obviously wound jesse up there or vice versa mm-hmm. and she's not being bothered because she's not she's not stupid enough to not know that that would get yeah, her yeah. Like the beds are close. They're not big. Yeah, they're right next to each other. Yeah, they're right next to each other. Like if you rolled over, you could end up in someone else's bed. So I don't know why you would slag, if you would slag them off. Yeah. It's, there's not even a gap to fall through. Yeah. Can I ask why you went on it twice? Um, or just, are you the only person to be on twice? Only person here. They've copied it once now after me in Australia, Australia. or America. Yeah. i be honest, social media boost, because why not? Yeah um business it massively helps people it's another opportunity and more realistically i'm kind of an always grab it and go person yeah if any opportunity comes up like that like if the asses again i'd probably think i would do it again and that's just and to be honest deep down like maybe i do think that there is still a slight chance that people could actually work off there Mm. i mean don't get us wrong i wasn't bothered but like all of the things have only really benefited us. There's obviously a little bit of backlash, but I would get that anyway. I've got mm-hmm. a social media following anyway. So I kind of thought like, why not? Um, the first time I went on, I was way more stressed because I didn't have like bulletproof staff back at the gym. Whereas like now, the second time that I went on, I was like, the gym's staffed, it's fully functioning. The online's pretty much self-managed in terms of like online coaching. And what have I kind of got to lose? I go in the summer and then maybe get kicked off. And I knew that I was only tops going to be on for four weeks. So I just thought, why not? Did you want to find someone? Did you go in thinking, do you know what? I want to settle down and be with someone. I would say, yeah, because I was with someone before. If you asked me the week that I came out of the villa, it brainwashes you and it's really weird. And that sounds really bad. But if you asked me a week after coming out of the villa, was I in love with Paige? I would have said yes. And then if you asked us four weeks after, I was like, whoa, we're so different people. Yeah. But I didn't realize that in there. You feel like you're on like five dates a day. In, it, in there. In there because you like, so you like have breakfast together and then like you chill for a little bit and then you might like go to the pool together. And I know that sounds weird. It's only 10 meters, but like all of them situations like accelerate everything. Mm. So like you feel like you've been with this person for ages. Like I was completely like Paige and nothing else. I mean, they basically try to like, like, kind of pushed me in the direction of Natalia like I knew it was clear as day that they wanted me to get with Natalia the like in there and I just turned around and I was like this is not going anywhere 
And like Paige knew that, like she she was not worried. I went on a date with Natalia. Paige couldn't have cared less because she knew that I was like 100% with her at that time. But coming out of the villa and meeting people's families and going back to work and like knowing schedules in Swansea and Newcastle, I'll be honest, seven and a half hours and get a France quicker. Like it really hit home that I was like, this is a bit of a struggle. Like we're just completely different people. It must be so strange that environment though where it's just so drafted and so detached from the rest of the world. Like I guess it's literally is very similar to when people have like those holy romances or like you've been away for two weeks and you've like been with the same girl and it's like this is it, like this is wifey. Yeah. And then you get back to your normal home like you did, mm-hmm. and then it's everything's different because you've got those different yeah. elements of the world to contend with along with everything else. Well, that's what it is. Like, it, that's exactly what it is. It's a holiday romance to a certain extent where, like, I thought I was completely in love with her and I kind of was to a certain extent, but it was probably more like lust because then when we came out and then reality kicks in, I'm not in swim shorts, she's not in a bikini. I'm going to work 14 hours a day, taking 300 phone calls and then getting sent here, there and everywhere up and down the country. Didn't even get a chance to see her. I, yeah. I really do, didn't. Do you think some people try and stay together just for more the business, uh, business element of where this is what will work and this is what will look good in the media. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think there's couples out there that are that right now. And I also think there's couples... <laughs> From the show. <laughs> From the show, Ben. God. Insane. We're literally about to get married. So I think we're, we're more down yeah. the line. No, you are good. Thank you. Thank you. I love how you just... I just a bit of dust on you like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that the whole chicken nugget gate, as people are calling it. Yeah. Sorry, this, what? The, the thing about McDonald's, but I think this is why, I, which is where oh. you split up. Because it's not the, the reason why I bring it up, mate. Yes. Yeah. Do you know the McDonald's? Yeah. We live five minutes away from it. From Manchester yeah. McDonald's. That's, yeah. That's where Mackey's. we live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've went over it a million times. The kind of the way I am, but like if I got drunk around you, I would kind of be the same. Yeah. I'm always the arm around loud as fuck that is my like yeah. purse that's my persona and i'm like that and it gets worse and worse and worse like but that's probably the reason why i got put on tv because mm-hmm. yeah. i'm kind of like that i don't mind speaking to anyone that girl and our friends didn't get let in at the nightclub or they got let in but they didn't get photos i was just getting photos of them. in cruise in crew uh cruise crew yeah. cruise yeah whatever that chester nightclub yeah, is yeah. you know what i mean I had a good night took four of my friends because it was chester races day so we think that yeah so we thought we'll make an actual day out of it. The 10 after that, I don't even drink. The 10 before that, I probably didn't drink or anything like that. That one time that I was actually drinking, I thought two o'clock in the morning, haven't ate since like six o'clock, five o'clock, whatever. And I was like, I want some food. Went to McDonald's, took photos with people, went to bed beside my best friend inside in the bed with us, woke up with like 300 WhatsApps. And I was like, what the fuck has happened? And then that's when all the shit started coming out and that's when all the messages started coming in. And I was like, what do I even do? Because like, I understand that it looks bad and I understand this probably is bad because why I'm the only person in this situation who's mm-hmm. done it before. And to be honest, no, you wouldn't like Ben having his arm around a girl. Probably yeah. it's not ideal, is no, it's it? it's not ideal. It's not ideal. But if he was getting asked for a photo because of the podcast or if he was getting asked for a photo We've because of that. We've had that loads actually on nights out though. Yeah. I've had loads but, of pictures but what with I like said guys to you is, who... The consequences have got to be in line with the actions. So if I did that, you wouldn't be there like, oh, fuck you off. Because that wouldn't run no, in, no, not that wouldn't run in tangent with what I've done. And the other thing I said to you before is those situations happen 
all the fucking time, by the way, of the UK. It's just that they're not caught on camera with other people. Because do you know what? If I got asked to do it again, I know that if it happened outside right now, but if I was sober, I would do it again. Yeah. It was because I was drunk. And it was because I wasn't really thinking. And I had my arm around the bird and I had, there was like three others, but they were just waiting for individual photos. But that's kind of, that's the world that I'm in. And if someone yeah. is not understanding of that, like I've had it with other girlfriends who are not on the public eye. Like the girl that I was with before I went on this Love Island, she was not in the public eye at all, had no following. And she was fully aware, as much as we didn't work out, she was fully aware that Adam gets pictures with a lot of people. This could look weird. Make sure to kind of like give him the benefit of doubt, mm. so to speak. And I don't know, it's a hard one. It's a hard I one. I would think it was more weird if, because we've been on nights out in Chester where I've been really drunk and there's guys who've asked for pictures and they, they naturally put their arm around you to take a picture. Who? Just random <laughs> men. <laughs> And you've had it with girls before because they've they've DM me being like, oh, I wish you were here to be in the picture. I would think you'd be really rude if you if you refuse to have a picture with someone. Oh thinking yeah, of course, me. Yeah, yeah. But maybe that, yeah, I don't know. I just that's think that's, just that also I'd... shows a level of insecurity though. If you can't, if I was getting uptight about you getting a photo with someone else, yeah, and that says more about me probably than it does. But do you think about it's you? maybe because you'd obviously just come out the show and then for Paige in particular, the fame has just gone. She's just got very, very famous very quickly. Yeah, it's bonkers, it is. But like, I'll be honest, like, it goes through boys' heads as well. Mm. Like some of the lads that are coming out there will think the same thing. Like, And the difference with me, and this is probably different, like on them personal appearances and on situations like that, I don't really get pulled from left to right. But the girls that are on them, like I've seen Danica do them. And I remember Megan Barton Hanson back in the day, we were in a nightclub and there was lads grabbing her for photos, left, right and centre. And then you think about them, if she's seeing someone, is it then her fault? Because she gets pictured yeah. with them, but you're kind of just like, kind of just being nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, it's hard to say no yeah. <laughs> for a picture. I think, yeah. I think that's a different dynamic in the way that people will view both men and women, because as the guy, you're the one who's up taking the action and putting the arm around, whereas yeah. when you're the woman, you're just standing there. So yeah. even though the agreement's the same to take a photo, it's just viewed as differently because the, the action maybe that's taken is like that. Which I is say this all the time and I'm like, I'm all for, I've got three sisters, do you know what I mean? But if I did to women what girls have done to the club in the club to me on those peers, I would be locked up. Yeah, Like it yeah. is really double standards. But then again, women have a 10 times worse with everything else in terms of like, like that thing where it's like go to the bar and ask for Megan to like kind of protect by like seedy lads. Yeah. yeah, It's the same. But like if I'd done some of the stuff that people do to me, like I am literally just an item when yeah. I'm on these nightclub appearances and when I'm on this. But I'll be honest, I've done the same thing has happened at FIBO when I've worked for Knocko. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what I mean? It's it's exactly the same. There's been a queue, me and Sarah Holden standing there, hundreds of people. And like, it's been exactly the same. And that's daytime, not even any drinks. Mm. So to a certain degree though, and that, this is like nothing against you because I'm sure I'd be the same. And I'm sure other people will be. Do you enjoy it to a certain extent though? Because I think when you're a young guy, especially between the, eight, the age of 18 to 25, what you're looking to do is be your best for the other other sex. And yeah. you want to be then seen and you want to be then respected and you want to have that validation from the other sex. And it must feel good to a certain degree. It, it does and it doesn't. Me and my dad had a funny conversation a while ago. And um, he said the difference between you going on when you were 21, 22, because I told him that was the first time. He was like, you loved it, didn't you? He says, now, nah. he's like, you hate it, don't you? Like, not in terms of like day-to-day -day stuff. Like, going to the nightclubs is just a paycheck for me to go and buy more gym equipment, yeah, yeah. to go and buy something like that, to go and invest it in somewhere else. And it's as simple as that. Do I want to be 27 going into a club where really the majority of people are 18 to 22 and 
I mean, half of the time I'm rolling out of bed in a hotel, going to a nightclub for one hour sober and then rolling back in. And it's just, it's just a job. It's like kind of being a DJ that doesn't DJ. That's the best way to explain it. Yeah. Like really weird, but yeah. On the show, sorry to probably jump in. Were you allowed to drink? You're allowed two drinks. And you know what, because of that for me, like, and I'm sure you are the same because we're all fitness. You're not even bothered about two. Because if I'm drinking, I'm drinking to get drunk. So or like, nothing. Or nothing. Because you want to, like, let's face it, we want to stay lean. Or we want to do this. So I was just either nothing or it's just pointless, isn't it? Yeah. Because so they're it's just like in this little flutes, aren't they? The- you know, like them wines you get on the train and they've got like a cap thing on. It's like them. The, yeah, it's not great. The bang average. How, how did you find, or how do you find it now affects relationships? I mean, especially when you first came out are you mindful that partners maybe what may want to be with you for different reasons oh absolutely like there's been a couple where it's crossed my mind a couple of times where i've thought this could really be a better business move for them than it is an actual mm. relationship and yeah you use know exactly you will know who i'm talking about as well but like there's there's people with like a hundred thousand followers are like maybe just shy of that and i'm like this could really benefit their career as much mm. as what as much as what it is and like i'm 27 and the gym's all paid off and i have multiple houses and i just think that like it's quite a smart move but you get that anyway i would have got that like i was quite i think the reason why i went on love island the first time with no like restrictions almost was because i was like well i'll go back to work mm-hmm. i'm earning good money like I don't really care. I love what I do. I only care about fitness in the gym. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I'll just go back to work. So I didn't care about staying on the show, mm-hmm. which then ended up me staying on the show for a while because I just said what I thought. Mm-hmm. But I think that with relationships, I mean, I'll say honestly, the girl that I'm seeing right now is Greek and doesn't have a clue. Doesn't have a clue who I am. Does not have a clue not in that world. any of the situation. Yeah. Has about six Instagram photos on her thing. And maybe this one will like work. Does like, she know you've been on it? Oh, don't get us wrong. She's seen people take oh, yeah, photos so of us on the street. Not, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and like, she knows and she's yeah. fully aware of it and stuff like that. But what I mean is there's no ulterior motives there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's none at all. And it is quite worrying. Like there's there was one person like who I started going out with and I was like, do you know what? It's not even genuine. This is just, it looks good on Instagram. Yeah. It's not it. It's not it. It's not it at all. Like I feel like the beauty of you two and maybe I'm like blowing smoke up your ass, but you came together like on the way up and that's why it's like great yeah but like if one person's like and i don't want to say like if one person's up there and then another person's on the rise you kind of start double questioning yourself yeah it, it, i mean it was a little bit different with us especially because you were the one dm me all the time and i was like, <laughs> like down a little bit no i wasn't don't make me look Luce like was that. getting photos with lads no, on the hotel no. she, she was too busy ben had asked me to come to his hotel room and i declined well, for a white man declined he asked me to come over for a white magnum and I was like, no. For a white magnum? Yeah. Like come over for an ice cream. Chocolate ice cream, yeah. That was my uh, that was my play, mate. That was Did that work before Luce? Or... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. No, you you're all right. So. Yeah. Um moving on from that. You, you must have done the first time you came out. There must have been an element of like you're a young guy, attractive, and now you've also got high status, mm. which is obviously speaking about that kind of couple dynamic what women are often attracted to in terms of what they value is a guy who's attractive, has financial security, has high status, and you were probably ticking all those boxes. 
did you find it a lot easier then to kind of in the dating scene? Did you pl- pl- find it easy to play the field? Were you getting a lot more attention because of the first? Do you know what? All my best friends, like my two best friends specifically, said that everyone looks at you now and thinks like, like Lothario and all of them headlines, right? And they honestly say, if they saw you before that first Love Island, they would be blown away because I, I'm so much more careful in the way I speak to people and so much more mature now than what I was. Like there was a reason why I got picked when I was 20, 20, because they asked us when I was 20, as well as I actually went on the show when I was 21, just before my 22nd yeah. birthday. I was a nightmare before then because I was so young and so immature and probably didn't really respect people as much as what I thought about. I was doing anything I wanted then. I was actually better after Love Island because it made us think about, I'll probably get caught if I'm a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's actual consequences. And like, it blows my mind that people actually think about, oh, Adam Collard has been seen liking this girl's photo or commenting on Lucy Davis's post or something like that. And they post a headline about it. It's not the people that I'm commenting you need to worry about. It's the people that I actually am not doing anything. (laughs) And do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's it's kind of like you get linked to anyone, anything, and but that's kind of part and part. It's the nature of the beast. That's what you do when you put yourself on Love Island. And I've got to be honest, as much as like, I don't think anyone who's going on that show, like Series 10's coming up, right? Don't go on it if you're going to struggle with that stuff because you know what's going to happen now, mm-hmm. don't you? You are going to be put in the public eye. You're going to probably have overnight fame to a certain extent, even though I still don't class myself as any of that at all but you know what you're getting yourself into so don't put yourself forward with it if you can't handle it yeah that's one of the things isn't it in terms of dynamic and yeah. that setup is that you get someone i don't know a hairdresser from essex who's then put into this villa four or five weeks later is literally the most famous person yeah. in the uk I think that must be a difficult thing, one, to deal with, but then two, it's almost like this gold medalist syndrome, you know, where you get that massive high. Yeah. And then how long that it kind of lasts for is, for some people, their emotions are heavily tied with it, I think. How, one, did you deal with it in terms of potentially like where the peak of that was and then kind of trying to maintain that? Because I can imagine for a lot of people, that peak doesn't last very long and then it's like onto the next person. Obviously we see this all the time with social media and trends happen and people yeah. rise with trends and then as soon as one trend finishes and they don't carry on with it, then people's but well-being and psych- mental state is declining with that. It's yeah. also as well as the following, it's a massive, massive increase in money. Yeah. I think it's more the, here's a million pounds, like more than the social following yeah. that I would think. It's like winning the lottery, you always say people, will spend all their money and crash and then they don't know what to yeah, do. Yeah, that's what I mean though, because with that immediate success, like with Lucy said, with people who win the lottery, I think like, the, what was the number? Is it like 90% or something that people who win the lottery end up bankrupt because they, yeah, it, because it happens so quickly, they're not kind of ready Prepared. for it. How do, you, how do you deal with that kind of real skyrocket success that comes out off the back end of it? I think there's a few things that... The first one is my family are really, really good. Like I'm very close to my dad, my stepmom, like they're very business savvy. When I came into a lot of the following and the money and stuff like that, the first time they were like, like everyone was buying Gucci this and Gucci that and getting seen in Dubai, which is fine. I've been to Dubai like five times, like whatever. But like I made sure that right, the gym got paid off straight away house straight away paid off and like just kept on doing it and kept Mm -hmm. on like thinking about like, right, what's the smart decision? And with the, with the peak and the trough of like social media following, like I have some posts that get 20,000 likes and I'll have my puppy next to us because quite a lot of the majority of my demographic is younger girls who watch Love Island, 
younger guys that watch Love Island and they, they care about that stuff. And I might get 1,500 likes on a knock post where we go through squat form. But like, I kind of always think to myself, like, even though, even though that's amazing and that like engagement's amazing, where do you want to be and what do you want to be known as? What, what do you see value in? Who do you want to be around? Do you want to be around the likes of yous and mixing mm-hmm. with the right circles and fitness and coaching and being seen as a professional? Or do you want to just take photos with my latest girlfriend that I've been seeing for two weeks and that everyone wants to see because it's dramatic? And you've kind of not got to lose yourself. I do think, and this is me being honest, I would have lost my head in some way, shape or form if I didn't have fitness. I think it's the one thing that's kept me grounded. I had the gym a year before I went on Love Island, just shy of a year. And that was like my safe haven. Mm -hmm. It kept me like 100% mentally. And I think if I didn't have that, and the problem that I see with people is if they are only Instagram influencers and don't provide a service or don't provide something, they hit that peak. I mean, I was on Premiership Footballer Money for like two months after the villa. Like I'll never get that again. I can try and try and try and build a business and stuff like that. But that, the first six weeks were a joke. And I'll never hit that again. But if someone's on that and then doesn't have anything to then fall back on, doesn't have a thing, whether it be singing, whether it be like like Wes, whether it be DJing, whether it be building a business like fitness or whether it be clothing and being amazing at fashion like Molly May, if you don't have a thing, that's when you get lost into it. And they're the people that I think struggle the most. Even speaking of footballers, like you say, it happened to footballers and their careers yeah. span over 10 years, which in reality, is still a flash in the pan of life. So even the that level you have to be prepared to kind of be putting stuff away or be future proofing what you're doing so i think what you said is very sensible in terms of knowing where and what you now value and how you how you now navigate that i guess as well i fully had a game plan the first time going on the show like that it was it was as clear as day as in pay off the gym had the online i was running ads while i was in the villa (laughs) i didn't have didn't have control over it i was running ads while i was there and then to be honest, it didn't really work because people who were just caring about what I was doing, but I yeah. still thought about it. And the the gym, I mean, how hard I worked up until that from PT and from 18 years old to 21, I'm not even joking, three years of hard work, like 12 hours a day. And I matched it in like two days and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, what, this is just ridiculous. Like, I couldn't believe it. Like I did 12 hours a day on the yeah. PT floor. And I was like, in three days I've matched it. How is that even possible? Did that obviously it wouldn't annoy you? It does. It does. But it, it, it would annoy, does, you, would it it annoy you. Yeah. Would that annoy you thinking? Because yeah. that is more so like yeah. yeah, a couple of days, three years of graft, a couple of days. Yeah, and it, it it plays with your head a little bit because like, I mean, every now and then I still do the Monday shift at the gym, and people are like five to late at night, and pe- it blows people's mind. People are like why on earth is Adam here like teaching these classes when he can just pay someone 15 pound an hour or something like that to do it and I'm like it's not that it's the point it's yeah. the fact that I am still passion. there might be once a month might be once a month but the fact that I do that people are like he must really love this to mm. still want to do it it's funny the way that things even go around in circles though, because I was speaking to Cal the other day I think I think we're saying it to you anyway about how further down the line like way further down the line once we're, we're kind of done with, with what I do at the moment, all I'd like to do is have a gym space where I could PT people for free. I wouldn't even charge, but I just, it, whether money went to charity, whatever it is, just because I still enjoy it, I still miss doing that to a certain degree. And that's what I started off doing because that's where my passion was. Yeah. So it's interesting kind of how those things can come full circle and all the stuff in between is the, the meat and juicy bit. But 
that passion will always be there to do the same thing of how I started off doing this juicy bit in the middle. Yeah. I think that shows as well, you're, you're authentic because you had something before, still got mass amounts of fame, money, success, but that passion was still there before. Like you could have had none of that. And as you said, gone back to your gym and been very happy. Whereas I think some people go on and they expect mass amounts of money, mass amounts of fame. And then if it doesn't work in their favor, as you said, then they're like, why isn't, why aren't I the next Molly May or like Mm -hmm. Molly's an extreme example because she did very well. But I also think the reason she copes so well is one, because she's insanely intelligent and obviously X, Y, and Z, like she's very work driven, but she was also like molded into it in terms of like our best friends before she even went on were Ellie Brown on my year, Steph Lamb on my year. She was kind of around it. So she's, she's already like mentally strong because she's seen it. She already had a bit of a following as well. She already had a little bit of a following. Whereas other, I mean, Paige, use Paige as an example. Paramedic, hasn't got a clue. With all due respect to her, she was terrible at Instagram in terms of she'd never taken photos. And then she came out and she has to do all this and she's got brands like who want to work with her, but she doesn't actually really know how, she had to like think on the spot and then have all of this big list of jobs to do in terms of that. It is hard for people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Alex Bowen back in the day was a scaffolder. They've done well. They've done very well. Olivia, Olivia and Alex, they've got a little baby. Yeah. They're the two, aren't they? They're the two main couples that you think like, wow, it's really worked. But mm. also it's worked because they are genuine couples as yeah. well, which mm. is perfect, but it yeah. happens very rarely. Well, everything at the end of the day becomes transparent, doesn't it? You yeah. can only fake it for so long until people really realise what's going on. Can yeah. I ask if they, I don't know if this was true or it was just a rumour, did they ever take a percentage of your success money coming out of the villa? Of certain contracts, ITV, no, yeah, or something. No, to do with but Love you Island. have to like. I'll give you an example. the The first three or six months or something like that, if I had a job for Gymshark that was come to this event for five thousand pounds, and they've got you need to be at ITV for five hundred pounds, they have in the contract that you have to choose that. So like you have no, they have precedence over you for the first six months. And then on top of that, I think it runs up to a year that it has something like you can't badmouth the show, you can't do this, you can't do that. But to be honest, like, I d- don't get us wrong. Like, like I had my head screwed on with work and all the stuff like this. Love Island has massively helped us. And I think the benefits far outweigh the risks if you are just really like not stupid with it. Mm. Like I don't understand the people that have came out with, an abundance of followers and an abundance of like sort of money and stuff like that. If you haven't done the right thing with it, it's kind of your own fault. You can't then go and start slagging off the show because at the end of the day, they've put you on a platform. It's not their fault that you haven't done anything with it. Who was the girl who did, I thought I'm sure someone did like a YouTube documentary on her. There was the girl, there was the last one, it was a Coco and she was back serving drinks as a, 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 what are they called? Shock girl. Shock she girl. Was, yeah. She was only cast from all, though. I think wasn't she? she yeah, but she came into the build, didn't she? <laughs> she was for people like sh- the fucking like sh- gobsmacked that she was back in a club like a week yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think she only seriously was on it for like a couple of days. I also don't think she came across great though either. Nah, I mean, I don't think she came across bad. Like it was Andrew she, being she like a lit tit. Like, he was just like, but what did yeah. he say? I was like, oh, I just stuck a tit. No, I, li- I licked. <laughs> like it was nothing. No, I licked a tit or whatever. Yeah. I obviously I licked a tit <laughs> like, or whatever. Uh, to be fair, I really liked Tasha on the show. I thought Tasha was really lovely, but that was that. Yeah, I mean, she was. I think Coco was only on it for like two days though. But that comment was like, oh yeah, I had a couple of drinks. How, <laughs> I don't know how you would go about that conversation with a girl you really like. 
to say, I just kind of, I would have been the same. I'd been like, you know, licked his dick. Like, how would you even, how would you even approach that licked situation? Licked his white magnum. <laughs> licked his white magnum. That was cool, weird, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that is a question that actually on, brings me on, on. On this series though, mate. The other, the other, I think we've just been the game this week, Snog Mary Pie. Yeah. Three girls, Snog Mary Pie from this, this series. From this series. Oh, right. Let's think about it. Testing your, your knowledge yeah, now on the on the series. Get the names right, Adam. Get the names. We've got, we've got Jesse. Lana. Lana. Olivia. Olivia. Sammy Claudia. would get the snog. Sammy, yeah. yeah. I think I would marry that Olivia because I think she's my favorite personality-wise. Like that whole Zara, Olivia situation. I mean, the press got a hold of it yesterday, whatever. But I think she's the nicest. Um, I don't know who I would pie, though. Probably that Zara when she was in. But... I don't know who I'd pie off there right now. I just don't know about that Jesse and Will thing. If I was a girl, did you watch last night? No, I haven't that seen was, last that's night. That's where you'll think. Mm. See, I didn't get. I don't get that vibe at Not all. Not about them too, but I think she has come across way different in the last couple of episodes. But again, though, so I think maybe it's coming across more disgenuine because she's been on it before. Jesse's been on it before the Australian one. Right. Okay. So she technically knows how Love Island works. So it might have been, mm. I will play it safe yeah. and choose. I love Will. I think he's absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I love Will though. But I, um, if I was a but girl is that, coming so in. So she's yeah. been on it. So that's the only thing that clocks my head thinking, don't know. Alexandra Crane in my first series, series four, came on and got with Dr. Alex and we were like, how Come oh, on. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was clear. She was as one of day. the bombshells who came. It Hers was, was very obvious, though, because she wasn't even. Yeah. Yeah, it was clear as day. Yeah. And my ex boyfriend was gigs. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> gigs, Dr. <laughs> Alex. Doesn't really compare, does it? Yeah. Your track record's not doing well. Then again. Did you ever. Because we only see, obviously, an hour of yeah. a whole, whole day. I thought definitely. Was it last year's series with Tasha and Luca and that other guy? There was like some element of bullying it looked as almost she was being bullied yeah i think it was brought up but i'm thinking when you're in there do people actually <laughs> like bully each other it was after the pie game it? that got brought up because everyone think pie and then it was like looked at yeah it. so let's think about this are you on about andrew who was with tasha the yeah, but thing, just yeah. in in general, like bullying on the show. So I think that Lu- was, was that luca and who was the other luca dude? and tasha luca was yeah. pretty heavy with tasha and we actually pulled him on it. And I don't know if that got shown because I haven't watched it all. But he was your classic lad who was like top of the friendship group. And Tasha got with Billy, some other lad, some other lad. Anyway, Luca basically was like, I think he took it personally that she wasn't, or at least 100% with Andrew. Mm-hmm. Even though now coming out the villa, we've realized that they are 100%. Yeah, yeah. But I think Luca took it upon himself, which was wrong, to be like, well, if Andrew, you're not going to say anything to Tasha, I'm going to say it for you. Mm-hmm. And then it like, it, but he did it in far too of a strong opinion. Like it was a far too strong of an approach. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Maybe he took it on himself on to be like, well. yeah, he took it on himself to just try and wind her up. And yeah. it was, it came across bullying and it probably kind of borderline was at times for a split second. But like when you were in there, you he was just trying to take like, Andrew wouldn't have said anything. Andrew was the nice guy of our series. Yeah. He was our Will. He was our Dr. Alex of that series eight. And like, I mean, Tasha could have literally just done something in front of him and he wouldn't have even said anything. Yeah. Like that's, he, and it, it, was it sounds bad, that. but like, Tasha very much wore the trousers, put it that way. And it was clear as day. So then when Andrew got with that Coco, 
and then it was like World War Three. I think Luca was like, well, hold on, you've had four in a row and then Andrew's yeah, done it once yeah. and now it's like blown up. So I can kind of get it from both points of view, but Luca definitely didn't handle it in the right way. I think there's been double standards in this one, though, the way that, who's the girl who's with Shaq? Tanya. Went off yeah. and did stuff and then like as soon as he, anything's happened, she's kicked the boot off and kicked the lid off. But with with the ones on this one, again, Pie Gate, which was this week with the Pie and people, I thought it almost got to a point where it was bullying to Casey. Like where all the girls were ganging up on him, everyone pied him, and then everyone was just having a go at him. But because he was a guy, it not once did anyone ever say that's bullying. However, when it was Tasha the girl, as soon as all that stuff kicked off, it was bullying straight away. So I just think it's also kind of strange how that dynamic works. And I, I also think it sometimes stems back to the whole guy's mental health thing, although like, oh, he must just be okay because he's a bloke. And it's never spoken about. 100%. I said, and I've said this time and time again, right? Look, Mike. I'm going to really mess this up. Talisiantis. Yeah. Mike, everyone always checks for mental health on the Dr. Alex's, on the Wills, on the Andrews, on the nice, nice boys, mm-hmm. right? No one ever checks on the Lothario, bad boy, whatever, the me, the Mike, the someone like that, the Megan Barton Hansen, all of the ones, the Moras, like anyone who's known as like quite like ration, no one ever checks on them. And like, I'm cool, like I'm sweet. I'm quite thick skinned and stuff like that. But there might be a time where I'm not, but no one checks on them people. So I'm trying to think who your example is out of this year. Everyone will make sure that Will's okay. No one will ask if Tom's okay. And that's the scary part of it. If you are known as the bad boy, the player, the one like that, that's what people need to look at. That's what's wrong. It's not necessarily all men. It's like the men that are not perhaps like, like maybe struggle to talk about the feelings yeah maybe struggle to talk about and i would say like i can hold my hands up and say that a younger me 21 year old me definitely struggled with things a lot more than when i went on the second time well that that guy who's the big confident looks like he's got his shit together is the guy that's oppressing all that shit deep down so that you never see it so he looks like that big big dude in the gym isn't it yeah Yeah. the biggest guys who just say i'm fine yeah the biggest bodybuilders in the gym and stuff like that are always the most softly spoken nicest people how many times do you talk about like do you hear about it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On that topic as well, I know that you spoke about it, I think. Then you might have spoke about it on something on ITV about body dysmorphia. Yeah. How much has that affected you and how much still does it affect you, do you think? Because this is something that we spoke about quite a few times. Yeah. I think that it's definitely always going to be a part of my life, no matter what stage I'm at. I think that the fact that I train more for performance and like some of the stuff that like we kind of do now like i think it's definitely open my mind to you like it takes my mind off it almost like i'm focusing on numbers in the gym and i'm focusing on performance when i'm running and swimming and biking and all of that sort of stuff however i would say that any person that says that there's not a little inclination of like when you've started the gym to improve your physique and improve your body confidence it's going to be there forever no matter how big or small it is But I would say that I massively struggled when I came off Love Island the first time because they sent me to 169 clubs in the first year. And I was like living off fast food, living off like um, service station food and stuff like that. And And a shitload of alcohol. Yeah, and shitloads of alcohol because I was enjoying it the first time because I thought it was cool Mm -hmm. and it was mint and I was taking all my friends. Like, I I never forget this tweet. It was like, oh, Adam Collard like looks horrendous, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't look like he's on... um, like you did when he was on Love Island, it must have been taking something or something like that. And I was like, it's literally just because I'm living off yeah. them rollover hot dogs and service stations and like doing that. But I can't compare it because I was training seven days a week then 
and my nutrition was on point. So it's something that I massively struggled with. Like it would get to us now. If someone said I looked shit, I would say that my thing now is that because I'm doing a lot more endurance and triathlon stuff, and we would all say the same, you're like, oh, am I getting skinny? Am I getting like this? Which I've never thought of in my life because I've always been someone yeah. who's been a bigger athlete who's, if anything, struggled to stay lean. And that's been my thing. So I think every person who starts the gym, who does something to improve, always has a little bit like that. Honestly, it couldn't, it couldn't be more true because I did that ultra last year yeah. and I lost six kilos and I was looking at myself in the mirror this last month. I was just gaunt and me and Ben had a conversation because Ben was just like, we don't use the word skinny because I came from an eating disorder background. And yeah. It's just, I don't know why still to this day it's triggering. Ben was like, you look, you're looking a little bit, he was just kind of did the hand action, didn't you? Like, you're just looking a little bit lean. I was like, I know. Yeah. I was like, I feel like shit. Like I'm absolutely knackered. I'm on like 5,000 calories. I can't, I can't get it on. But I had really, like lost identity, like body dysmorphia yeah. completely went out the window. Cause I was doing like an extreme, but it is really hard. Cause I think people would look at a fit and healthy person and think, oh, they must never have an issue with what they look like. And I don't know sometimes it's worse. Yeah. I mean, my stepmom is the most lovely person in the world. She's the most supportive. She loves that I go to the gym, but she's not personally into it. And because of lack of education, and this is something that I think that people on social media need to realize, if you came to my house for Christmas, she would say, oh, you look amazing, you look dead skinny. And people don't realize who don't know gym world, who don't yeah. know body dysmorphia, who don't know all of this sort of thing, that that might not actually be the right oh, yeah, thing to say. Like, and we've got the same, like how many times do you, do you speak to a lad who maybe doesn't really lift and they go like, oh, you look skinny, you look shredded. And they're like, oh, I don't really like that. I hate that in yeah. fact. And it starts messing with your head. But it's just lack of education. And maybe it's us to be like, look, like, thank you. But like, that's not really the right word. Like, you've just got to be careful because sometimes it might actually be the opposite of what someone's actually, someone might be in a gaining phase. Someone might be actually trying to gain mm. weight. You don't know. You know? Sometimes I think it's just people being naive, especially from that generation where they're yeah. just not as probably in tune as what we are. And I think that kind of runs along the lines of we just shouldn't probably comment as much on people's bodies as, yeah. as we do, especially kind of down those roads of people who have eating disorders. And for example, someone who does have an eating disorder and, and maybe that be anorexia or bulimia or whatever it is, who's trying to get skinny and then they get compliments. It's reinforcing that mm. behavior mm. of what you're doing is making you look better and like put two and two together and it makes that that case worse and worse and worse so i think like either end of the spectrum we've got to be careful i don't know if you saw i actually did a video on it the other day phil heath just came out and was talking about body dysmorphia oh really and how he's had it for like the last six years and you think the guy who's won the most muscular and the best body in the world for the last six years in a row has body dysmorphia but then you think okay that arena of bodybuilding plays into body this more for massively anyway yeah. because yeah. the whole premise of it is the perfect body and comparing yourself to other people yeah. which is then going to be going to play even more into those rounds of body dysmorphia so like you were saying i think with fitness it's it's difficult to to tread those lines of a fall on either side and when you bring the element of performance in i think people don't under, understand how much that can actually really help yeah with, we did with uh, that we did something the other day which is a uh, the other month, sorry, that was like the power of five. And we've tried to like bring it to sculpt now where you 
have five maybe aesthetic goals because I would say that 90% of clients come in and be like, I want to get leaner and I want to look better in a bikini. And then we try and get them to take that five and then do five performance goals and five nutrition goals. And to just to try and get them to think about something else because we've all been there. All three of us started Mm -hmm. and the the sole focus when we first started, get shredded, get jacked. That was it, wasn't it? And then once you start like, I think Chris Williamson calls it the fitness menopause. And you go through this <laughs> little, that. I know yeah. it's amazing, yeah. isn't yeah. it? It's the best concept I've never ever. heard that, that's brilliant. It's the year where like, maybe you're on year three, four or five, where you start thinking there's more to just dieting and getting leaner. And there's there's something, so you do like BJJ or you do running for the first time as well as lifting or you do something. And once you start thinking, about, I think that's the shift. It took me years to do it, years to do that's it. Difficult, it, took, it took you years to yeah, me. I think it's, it's, at some point I think you realize the amount of sacrifice that you make isn't equivalent to the life that you're living because you're ultimately giving up social occasions, you're giving up relationships, you're giving up mood, energy, for what? Just to have a better body when the general public don't really give a shit about what you look like. Yeah, you might get a couple of comments about it, but generally people don't care. You're the main person who cares about what other people care about more than you do, which I think is a difficult concept to try and digest, especially when you're so face up to that problem, which is difficult, (laughs) but I just think I want the one that you had at the airport the other day. About that flight attendant comment on that woman on the way back from Lanzarote. Oh, that was Fuck not a good me. time. That was not a good time. Me and my best friend just took a little trip to Lanzarote and we were coming back. And the woman who like scans your ticket, and um, there was this girl behind us, I think she was probably my age, like 25, 26. And she basically had an outfit on like me, but it was like a jumpsuit. And she had she carried a bit of extra weight in her stomach, uh-huh. but like only her stomach. Yeah. So the, the woman flight attendant kind of like didn't touch her stomach, but was like, how far along are you? And then this girl just went, what? And then the woman repeated herself. She was like, I need to know how many months pregnant you are to fly. And I was just kind of stood there like, swallow me up, swallow me into the ground because this girl was obviously really like offended and offended by this comment. Um, But she, it was weird. She only carried, she could have maybe looked a little bit pregnant. Um, But me and Lauren, I was just like, I was like, ignore her. I was like, he's fine. I was like, ignore, ignore her. Yeah. This girl was honestly mortified because it, it must be horrible to happen. Um, but this woman, bless her, I think she was just trying to do a job. Yeah. Asking, I, I can't let you fly if you're this. I think she thought she was about seven months pregnant. It it's, wasn't. It wasn't that's a, a really, really tricky one really because tricky it is one. a job as pregnant well. Women's it was. It was this woman's job, and she was Spanish and she was speaking English the best she yeah. could. I just don't think it came across that well. But we said to this girl, like, it's all right. Don't worry, I was like, it's fine. Like a fiance who was trying to calm her down. I was like, don't worry about it. Miscommunication. I'm going to play devil's advocate here though. And I know that is really bad and maybe something should be put in play where like if you are pregnant, you sign a form so it can be clear as day with something. But like (laughs) speaking from experience, Greeks, Spanish, Italians and stuff like that, they are straight down the line. And I do think we are very touchy as a country these days to like, everything everything's a problem these days i mean like the body confidence thing for me has been taken very very far body positivity body positivity sorry in terms of like right body positivity is great putting people who are who are maybe like carrying a little bit extra weight but are fit who are healthy who are actively trying to do stuff but putting people that have literally borderline got heart diseases in front of magazines that's holiday yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. It blows my mind because you're putting real bad 
this TikTok generation that are coming up now, you're putting really bad, like sort of, you're instilling that in the minds where they shouldn't mm-hmm. actually think about making a positive change. There's a difference between someone who's trying and not trying, even if they look exactly the same. I think one of the good examples that I, cause I agree absolutely like doesn't, health doesn't have a shape or size. You can be going to the gym for the first time looking after yourself. Someone who is like morbidly obese on the front of a magazine and you say it's healthy X, Y, and Z, you would never, ever, ever put someone who is severely anorexic. So just flip the switch yeah. on the cover of a magazine because yeah. it wouldn't even get public as in no. Like if someone even brought that idea to the table, because anorexia is really awful and it's a disease and but you'd never put that on the front of a magazine. So I don't understand the complete opposite end of the spectrum where someone is morbidly obese. That's the way I look at it because I'm thinking, Yeah, how that's how I try to explain the comments to older people yeah. who I'm around, older clients who say like, oh, you look really skinny. You look great. And I say like, mm, you need to not say that to people because you don't know who the girl is. Like I've got a couple of clients who I'm online coaching right now who are who are the other side of the spectrum who have came from an eating disorder, came from that and I'm trying to make them more positive. To, I'm trying to increase the calories. I'm trying to get the head around it and stuff like that. And having one of my clients from the older generation, 50, 60, going, oh, you look amazing, you look dead skinny. It's just, you can't, you need to try and educate. And it's something that we should we should speak about a bit more. And there's a couple of things that in play with kind of that body positivity thing. I think one of them, obviously, a lot of companies, businesses, brands know that that's in. So they'll, they'll, they'll play on it because it helps bring a, a certain demo in. The second thing is, 100% I don't agree with like those ridiculous cases of where yeah, that, that is an extreme and, and we know there's a correlation and causation between obesity and um, like heart disease, diabetes, um, and any other cardio, cardiovascular diseases. The only and the kind of other caveat to that is that if that person's trying, I think that's the thing we should definitely be kind of celebrating. Yeah, because what that does is helps people who maybe don't see those certain body shapes in gyms absolutely come into gyms yeah because i saw a video the other day again a tiktok it was some some guy who was talking about how 99 percent of people in the gym look like shit i was like i don't know what gyms you've been going to but that kind of attitude massively puts people off because people are already scared yeah, of going to gyms anyway yeah. so the fact that kind of like you see some different bodies in i mean i know when i first went i was like 16 and some big massive dudes in there I was definitely intimidated by it. So to probably see like more different body types in those gyms is great. But I certainly don't agree with glorifying it. I think promoting relatability and having someone that you can look at, whether it be like a shape or skin color, whatever is great. But then just purely doing it for shock value, which I think is what a lot of people do it for is the thing that I'm just not on board with. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. When I started going back to like being 16, we had the weights room. And we had like the cardio room and people would literally call them the boys girl in the girls room and like if a girl came in who was like wanting to lift and i remember a girl who i went to school with she started wanting to like back squat so we went in together it would just blow people's mind and like it it is crazy that we're like still now breaking that stereotype even still but like brands like gymshark like all of those other brands are doing a massively good job to do it but i think the other ones that i've been putting the the body positivity sort of stuff like right at the top where it's it's not healthy they're they're the ones accountable really i think anyone who's kind of promoting or against people bettering themselves yeah is of kind of negative equity they're not they don't have any positive i mean i i get why they're kind of trying to create that safe space but there's also i cannot remember for the life of me that fallacy and again chris spoke about it how there's people who come from 
for example, fitness, and they may have poor relationships with food, then go in the completely other direction where they will almost tarnish people who are still trying to get in shape or they will uh, hate on people who are counting calories or dieting or whatever it may be. And it's almost that thing of that, because I couldn't do it, I now hate it, if that mm, makes sense. Yeah. Because I couldn't achieve that thing, I'm now going to go the complete other polar direction and hate on that thing that I do. It was almost that thing of like, I think Chris gave an example of someone cutting off the leg because they had something wrong with their ankle. So yeah. just, just for the sake of doing it, to get rid of it. I think that's the case with a lot of those people who have had those experiences and they now use that as their their outlook on life. That's the only yeah. way that they can see the world. They can't see that not everyone has that problem or issue. Because I think you, everyone has different experiences. Like I came from a full swimming, constantly lived a swimmer's life, to then have an eating disorder. But I don't identify my whole life now that I had an eating disorder and I had this and I had that. I kind of wanted to get rid of that. Like I had that experience and I probably could have done that, gone down that route of like recovery. Like my whole Instagram could have been eating disorder recovery, but yeah. I also just don't, I did it. I've done it. Chapter closed, new yeah. chapter. Who the fuck can I be? That was my mindset. Cause that's that sort of point where if something hasn't worked for someone, it hasn't worked for them. It doesn't mean it, it won't work for other people. And that's where it's really hard with Instagram because people push their own experiences on other people like I've not been able to do it so you won't be able to so join me and that's where I think the biggest is that what you were trying to explain before with the issues I think it's yeah. good though like that's that's an experience that you can share when you need to share it but it doesn't yeah. define you that's and I think it. that's the key yeah. point yeah like I'm now thinking of someone who has eating disorder in a bio and like that's like now a thing and yeah. whereas I think it's like no no I'm Lucy Davis I can coach you for this I can mm -hmm. coach you for this oh and by the way yeah once upon a time in my phase of my life that happened and I can coach you for that yeah and that's kind of like how I I mean the going back to the Love Island experience yeah I had some shit thoughts and like I had some shit thoughts about my body mm. and that's cool and I'm not there anymore, but I can kind of relate to that when you do have that and yeah. try and help you about the triggers that kind of help me. And like, I'm not going to give you a sob story like the X Factor or something like that and go on and on about it. But like that happened, I'm sweet. I know and I learned from it and that's what I can try and replay to other people that need it. That, sorry, that exact thing that you just said is one of the, I think the biggest problems where people may give their story i've seen people do it before with eating disorders or whatever it may be they get validity from loads and loads and loads of likes that then becomes their identity and yeah. they can't let go of it and that becomes their sole content across the platform and they can't then post anything else because the engagement is never going to be as good as when they talk about their eating disorder or whatever it may be it then consumes them so they can't pull away from it because that's the thing that they're getting validity from yeah. and it becomes this really vicious circle which i think I see it quite a lot. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I think that must be really hard if you're in that space because if I was still talking about my eating disorder five years on, I think to some extent I'd still have it. If I'm talking yeah. about that I was bulimic and I'm just talking about it, I probably think about it when I was eating. I think I, so for those sort of people, I, feel, I actually feel quite I'm like sympathetic towards them because that must be hard if you're still, even though you're over it, but then still have to talk about it to thousands and hundreds and thousands of people that actually I'd, yeah oh yeah it's, that would be it's hard clinging on to the engagement isn't it it's a it's yeah. a very hard situation to be in and that it, it does happen to some people but i think you've got to you've just got to try and break from it at some point it's like otherwise you, it's just a vicious circle isn't it yeah you need to find a purpose yeah speaking of purpose how did, i know i asked you before how did you find hyrox 
It was good. I enjoyed it. I've the first one. I was kind of like, oh. sorry. Explain what Hyrox is, just in so, case anyone doesn't um, know. Hyrox is a functional fitness endurance event, kind of. I would say it's the very, very short end of endurance. Most people will do it between an hour to an hour and a half. You can do it mixed sex pairs. You can do it same sex pairs. You can do it individual. Um, it's the same around the world. So it's eight kilometers of running. With it is broken up with different segments, which are functional fitness like ski, like row, Slides. sled push and pull, wall balls, lunges, you name it. Um, really good fun. I would say as a brand and as an atmosphere and an experience, it's one of the best things that I've done. I mean, Puma have pumped so much money into it and like the place was bouncing and I've done a, quite a few CrossFit events and I've got to be honest, in terms of atmosphere, it might have beat all of them because um, I've done one in Germany, I've done one in London, I've done one in Manchester, done one, where else? That's no. where it's originally from, Germany, isn't it? It's originally mm. German, yeah. yeah. Did you do the Birmingham one? Did the Birmingham one, yeah. that's it. Um, but it's amazing. I would say that the only thing for me is, unless I couldn't train just high rocks, I couldn't go in and every day that be my session. Like I still love strength training. I will always have that as a squat, deadlift, bench, and all the other stuff. All the good bro stuff. All the good stuff. All the all the good stuff. But if you're mixing it with something, I think it's amazing. Um, and yeah, so did it with Jade Skilling. Basically, what happened is went to a knocko event. Um, she probably thought that I was just a love islander, and turns <laughs> turns out. Turns out you can that do I was, a bit. Yeah, yeah, turns out that I could do a bit. So I pretty much think she just thought, I'm four foot eleven, he's six foot five. Yeah. If we pair together, I'm just gonna pluck him. And then obviously we've came second or first every time. So Sick. so it's pretty good. But uh I think world championships will be a different ball game. But it's really fun, isn't it? It's yeah, good. me and my sister have got worlds. I know. I I've heard. It's do you know what? It's 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 kind of like lactate threshold though, isn't it? Because yeah. you're you don't stop, which is like and when you're fucked, it's like I don't care, I've got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you just like spinning around, but it is so much fun because I do a mixture of the training. I run a lot. I do like the odd high rocks wad and then one full session and then all my strength yeah. training. Because it's nice just to throw in. You feel physically fit. There's nothing like that. I think I'm addicted to the high heart rate threshold. I actually yeah. do. Like, I'm enjoying the running stuff now a lot more. Like, I'm doing a lot more zone two running and stuff like that. And I tell you what, my fitness has came on massively. That aerobic base just builds. Oh, yeah. it's just, I, I never, I took it for granted when a lot of people said it. And now that I've started doing, I'm better at CrossFit by doing less CrossFit. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty much doing a mixture of powerlifting and running. And now I've done the CrossFit Open and done better and better and better, which is bonkers because I've just broken stuff down a little bit, but I never used to listen to people with that. But I genuinely think that I'm like obsessed with like a daily dose of like getting just out of that comfort zone. I love yeah. redlining, it's yeah, weird. It is, it is good, I think. But with what you talked about there, even with the, the progression that you've made, it's the same with running because the thing that people do straight away with running is just go out like, hell for leather at the gate every single time they're thinking why the fuck do i hate this so much it's because and you're why just am I not improving yeah you're nailing yourself all the time and it's not until you realize that you need to do like 80 percent of my runs as yeah. easy runs then you start to progress in it but i, I do agree with the, the kind of high rock stuff i've only started dabbling in it a little bit haven't i it's your good for me comp. because i'm about as mobile as a tin man like i can't do crossfit yeah. but yeah. if you're a, if you're a powerhouse you'd be fine yeah yeah, yeah. With same sex pairs I've never yeah. done it with a boy let's let's, let's go it, we're in there you go we're in, we're in, wow but me, me, me and Cal did a little session the other day and I think even like we had a bit of a, well Cal was flat out on the floor Can I, said, I was like where's Cal and he was just on the floor like this is not it guys it is hard but, though but we created like a little 
dungeon in our garage. Everyone we're just going to be like a little high, like hierarchy base where we're going to do those kind of workouts and then we can do our strength stuff yeah. in the gym, can't we? It's I'm fun. extremely competitive, like ridiculous. Like yeah. I, I just hate losing. I have to really take myself out of it when I'm around other people. <laughs> and we did Germany. And um, so ran the first one kilometer. Jade's normally quicker than me. I was gunning it. it ran the second, ran the third. And I was like, Jade, I was like, we're not, there was a German couple in front of her. And I was like, what are we running here? And she was like 329 kilometers. And I was like, I am kind of, I'm dying here. And I was like, why are we not even catching them? She was like, oh, they're world champions. And I was like, oh, that'll do it. That'll yeah. Do it. yeah, carry like, on. That's, a, that's why I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> Wait, I'm all about that though. I love it. I'm the shittest loser in the world. I fucking hate it. I, 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 I also think that, losing. but that's what helps you and drives you forward because you just, you just hate that feeling of losing so much you want to win. Even when, when I did London Marathon last year, I probably shouldn't have done it. I probably should have sacked it off because of my cough. Lucy was in the crowd with two crutches for like, <laughs> I was like, I don't give a shit. Don't stop. I'm, I'm doing it no matter what. But I think that helps you drive to be and want more, not just in the fitness space, but in life and business and relationships, whatever else it might be. Yeah, just to not, just to not, when it gets a little bit hard to not give up straight away. It's that soft thing yeah. that we're talking about. So many yeah. people just... Oh, it's, okay. it's not fucking okay. Yeah. Just do be a bit a better. Bit. Do a bit more. Go a bit further. Walk a bit more. Run a bit more. Lift a bit more. Sleep a bit more. Whatever it may be, just do a bit more. Yeah. I mean, my soul Iron Man thing. I've got to be honest. It's a trigger. It was because someone went, "Oh, oh he's big. He bet you can't run though." Genuinely, you want that to be wrong. Yeah. I was literally like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it now. I'm yeah. going to do the worst one." And yeah. that was it. <laughs> and that, that is the. Way. I think a lot of people's brains don't work like that. But that's definitely how like quite a lot of us in the fitness industry. Why do? I was like, right, okay. I want to. So I spoke to Fergus on the wall there. <laughs> I said, uh, I want to be as strong as I am right now, and also do that. How do I do it? And yeah. shows and teaches how to do it. And I actually think I've improved as a coach from it. Yeah, yeah. you will. I'm speaking done. to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Fergus did a lot of my uh, marathon prep program with me because I was doing the prep for the marathon. I was lifting like five times a week and then I started Muay Thai. So I was fighting like three times a week as well. I was like, how can I balance all these three things that just don't have any synergy? Yeah. But you can do it. But I mean, it I get possible. told off once a week for doing too much, but yeah. I mean, it's fine. Like, I mean, yeah. it's better than doing too little. Yeah. I guess that's kind of like for us three, it's, it's trying to dial that back a little bit as opposed to for some other people to be getting the motivation to be able to do that. We've got to try and find that balance between yeah. recovery as well. Mm-hmm. What have you got next anyway in, in, in the plans? Um, so touch wood for the third time. I hope that's wood. We'll put in an offer for another gym for the third time. Sick. We've had problems with two units now. Where's that? Um, in Newcastle. It'll be close to Newcastle. I'm not going to say exactly where it is. Not in Sunderland. No, it's not. It's not <laughs> Mr. Paul Moore, if you're listening. I, lo- I love you, but that's not real Newcastle. Um, so yeah, essentially had, um, went for a unit first of all problems were planning went for a second unit just wasn't quite right and i didn't have that and now we've went for another one now everything is ready to go i have a great relationship for equipment i have a great i have the funding i have everything and that's the next project and then if we get that that's the time to start rolling the gyms out um i would say my focus has shifted a bit more or like it's my baby sculpt in newcastle yeah. is my baby and even though the online's doing really well i still think that i've put a little bit more emphasis on trying to get that second gym because i know that once that second one's there that's like my one for life mm-hmm. uh, the first one right now as much as it's like it's amazing and it's great and we'll have loads of clients and loads of different transformations and we'll have three different systems of getting people in in terms of like personal training mm-hmm. small group like eight week transformations and then the generic like kind of like almost ran similar to a like functional fitness box mm-hmm. but like it 
very much requires me to like forefront it and be the face and look and i'm not going to look the way i do forever i'm quite yeah. aware of that so i want to do a global gym that has a box inside of it that's the idea i love that yeah. that's really exciting yeah. and i still love the bodybuilding side of it in terms of i'm not into it but i still enjoy the community and i still love the like i love the commercial side of it and powerlifting and i've got all these little focuses i'm a bit of a jack of all trades Trace, master yeah. of none kind of thing like i'm dabbling a little bit of crossfit dabbling a little bit of try dabbling a little bit of lifting and i kind of want a place where i can do all of that and kind of just see it happen i think sometimes the term bodybuilding gets a bad stigma because anyone who is going in the gym and lifters is essentially building their body yeah i think people just automatically associate bodybuilding with competitive bodybuilding mm-hmm. yeah. where the two things are very different exactly and you can combine those kind of like lifestyle bodybuilding almost we call it yeah with those elements of functional fitness which I think you get a great relationship from into and those highs from both of them as well, which is which is awesome. Yeah. So that's what's next. Fingers crossed. And then apart from that, on personal note, do this Iron Man and try and stay as jacked as possible. When's that? Uh, I've got the one that I signed up for second of July, and then Iron Man UK have contacted us because they saw my name and said, "Will you do June second for the Staffordshire one as well?" So I'm going to do that one as well. You doing two? Yeah, I'm going to do two. Oh, brave boy. I mean, it's probably they're only months apart, so you'll be well. I know. That's quite exciting because you can beat yourself on the second one. Yeah, I know. I'm going to beat myself and then I'm going to go and take myself on a nice holiday somewhere and not do anything for a week, I think. <laughs> what, what, what's your weak point, do you think? You know what? For me, because I swam as well, swimming's my strongest going into it. Well, you're like fucking Phelps anyway, aren't you? Tall, yeah, jacked. Like the two boys that I'm doing it with are like, I just hate coming swimming with you. It's just not yeah. even nice. Like, it's just ridiculous. But for me, my weak point was running and now I've pushed it so much now, it's then turned to biking now. <laughs> so, so just far. because I was so scared of the marathon on the run that I've just hammered and hammered and hammered it. And yeah. Fergus was like, you're doing enough running. You're yeah, like, yeah. you're doing like two zone twos, like long. And he was like, we need to just get you on the bike now. So just yeah. a bit long, isn't it? I find the bike just fucking boring sometimes. That's my only problem. I feel like there'll be two ways that not stop us, but the only thing is boredom on the bike. And then if my right knee goes, cause I've had problems with that. But yeah. apart from that, I have no doubt my mind I'll do it. Oh, you'll, you'll yeah. do it. Yeah. And then you'll do the second one better, yeah, which exactly. is exciting. So, but that's a, that's such a great venture to go on as well. It's just something a little bit different. Yeah. And um, for people who maybe don't know who you are, where can they find you on socials? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Adam Collard. I think I've got a TikTok page, which is the same. I need to get better at that. I'm terrible at it. And yeah, then um, Sculptors the Gym. So at Sculpt with an underscore. And hopefully there will be another one in three months time. We'll have to come and do a session. <laughs> yeah, you've got a uh, got a place to stay in Newcastle all the time. Amazing. Yeah, that yeah. would be sick. So thank you so much for everyone who's watching on YouTube and Spotify. Make sure you tag us all in the podcast. And again, thank you very much for Gymshock for hosting. Mm-hmm. That, do you not want to say That's bye? That's off. Yeah, you did it all. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank, thank you so much. <laughs> I was waving at someone. <laughs> <laughs>